three. Didn't get there. Looked like Jamal Adams may have led the charge from his safety position. Two. The Athletics Can't Wait Jets podcast, your nonstop shop for all things Jets. Now here are your hosts, Tim McMaster and Connor Hughes. Listen safely. Can't wait. This is the Can't Wait podcast. It's our Jets pod here at The Athletic. Tim McMaster along with Connor Hughes, Marissa Morris here as well, our producer. It is schedule release day or the day after at least. Uh, It went unveiled on Thursday night. This is Friday morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. If you're tuning in on YouTube as well, get in the chat section, fire away some questions. We're going to kind of go through the schedule, break it down as far as stretches, not necessarily game by game, but but in chunks with Connor. We have your predictions uh, along the way, Connor, as well. But definitely subscribe to the show if you haven't already. Give us a rating and review. And you can save 40% off a subscription to The Athletic by going to theathletic.com slash can't wait. So just to to cover this before we get to the end, there's no reason to wait for an overall call on this, Connor. But you're saying nine and seven and a playoff berth. I think nine and seven is very fair. I think they maybe get there a different way than you've predicted, and these predictions are obviously built to yeah. go wrong. But but before we kind of dive into the first chunk of this schedule, um, overall this thing this is a tough schedule. I mean, on paper, the second toughest yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, and and the crazy thing about it too is not only is it tough, it's also incredibly long. I mean, it's like it's actually I like I like this line that I wrote in the story, so I'm just gonna repeat it. <laughs> but it's like up your frequent stat, up your frequent flyer status mile long. Like the Jets are, they're they're playing the cream of the crop of competition, but they're also traveling all over the country. I mean, this is not like last year, and and maybe I just take more note of this because being a reporter, you travel, and so that's kind of like one of the reasons why I, I like the schedule release day is one of my favorite because you kind of figure out when you're going to different places. But they've got two trips to L.A. They've got a trip to Seattle. They have the annual trip to Miami. They got a trip to Kansas City. I mean, they are flying and flying far, so it, it's not going to be easy nothing about this is easy even the games that you can say oh the Jets might win that one there are games where you're like oh well they're gonna have to pull this one out or they're gonna have to do this I mean it is absolutely going to be a battle if you will for for this team to make the playoffs but I think that the the road is there I think there's games on their schedule that they can absolutely win I think there's games against very good competition that they can win because of when they're playing the competition and the way that the schedule also breaks out for them. So yeah, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a fight. I mean, I could see this team going five and 11 is easy. I could see them going nine and seven, but with that extra playoff spot in the mix here and the fact that this AFC East is so wide, wide open, I think there's a, there's a path there for the Jets to finally, finally snap this uh, nine, 10 year playoff drop. So I think it may come down to really the, the two biggest games on the schedule Week one, week 16, which is kind of fitting, but both division games, they finish at New England week 16, and that could have playoff berth on the line. But week one, it's the Bills, and this is a Bills team that was very good last year, made the playoffs. Um, and maybe this is the, the two with the Patriots, with Brady gone, with Gronk gone, with them down in Florida, and the Patriots, who knows what we're going to get. Is it possible that Bills Jets becomes the battle for this division, and that week one game looms huge? Yeah, because I think the the I probably I I think the the Dolphins are still a year away. I like what they're doing. I love their head coach. I love Brian Flores. I think he's going to be a star. 
Uh, I like Tua. I like Joe Burrow a little bit more than Tua, and I liked Herbert more than Tua. Um, I just kind of there's some some durability concerns I have there with Tua. But if he pans out, you got your franchise quarterback. Uh, you got a team that likes to to build this thing through the draft. They're not doing like when Tannenbaum down there was you know throwing boatloads of money at Nadamik and Sue and stuff. That's not the day and age of the Dolphins yet. So I think that they're the the time when this is going to be a three way battle, kind of like the NFC East was for a bit there with the Cowboys, Giants, and Eagles. And every year, someone else seemed to be winning it after that original Eagles run in the early two thousands. I think that's what the AFC East could be getting towards with with the Dolphins, with the Bills, with the Jets. And if the Patriots find their quarterback and and uh, Bill Belichick is determined to coach for for quite a few more seasons, it might even be a four team race where where everyone has a chance to win this one. But for this season, I think it is is the Jets and the Bills, and, and I, I don't think the Jets are going to win the division. I think that's going to be the Bills because I think the Bills are a significantly better team, uh, injuries notwithstanding, than the Jets are right now. I think that Sam Darnold's probably a little bit better than Josh Allen, but Josh Allen should be a significantly better quarterback in year three than he was in year two because he was better in year two than year one. They got David Singletary, who's a really good back. Stephon Diggs is going to do so much for that receiving core because now you have a number one wide out. You have John Brown on the outside, then you have Cole Beasley in the in the slot. So that's a really good one, two, three punch. Their offensive line's good and their defense is always one of the better in the league. So I think the Bills are just a little bit further on in their development and in their team building process than the Jets are. They've hit on more draft picks. Um, and I think that's probably going to go a, a big way in them taking this division for the first time in forever. Uh, but behind them are the Jets, and I think that, that these two teams will be jockeying, and you'll have the Jets kind of in the running and in the mix for the division up until the, the, the latter portions of the season. And again, like I said, that extra playoff spot that each conference gets, it's a big one, and, and it should help the Jets here make the postseason. So it's almost um, the opposite of a year ago where the Jets, when they looked at the schedule, it was kind of like, okay, we need to survive the beginning of the season yeah. because the second half of the season is very winnable. And that played out to be true. The second half was winnable. The Jets went on that run and, and ended up going 7-9. But but they were just too bad in the first half. This is the opposite. They need to get off to a good start because the middle of the schedule really gets tough and there's that brutal travel along the way as well. So if you take weeks one through six, this is where they really need to, to do some damage. It's at Buffalo. Then they're back home. They get the Niners coming all the way across the country. So that That's could big. help. Then mm-hmm. it's at Indy. Home for Denver, home for the Cardinals, and then back to and back to LA for for uh, at the Chargers. That stretch, what do you? I mean, in your article, you're saying five and one. Do you think they almost have to go five and one if they're going to uh, make the playoffs? I I have them at five and one right now, but I was back and forth on a couple of those yeah. games where I was I was kind of flipping them and and moving them, and I was like, uh, maybe they are, maybe they're not, maybe five and one, maybe five and one seems a little too extreme, maybe it's not. Yeah, I, I kind of. I, I wasn't too – I basically think they can go four and two. I think that's where – that that's the, the portion of this schedule where I think they can actually win because the Bills one is a tough one in the opener, but the Jets always seem to play the Bills pretty tight, right? I mean, the Bills were a really good team last year, significantly better than the Jets, and the Jets had them up until C.J. Mosley went down with an injury. I mean, the Jets were – the Jets were going to win that game. I mean, that that's that's obvious to me. I mean, they were they were th- uh, I mean three quarters of the way through that game, and they were going to win it. Mosley goes down, and then all of a sudden everything kind of falls apart, and they just you, know, you have Neville Hewitt come in. He's not really ready to be the leader. You've already lost Avery Williamson, and and the Bills were able to go up and down the field uh, for three unanswered scores, and and the Jets lose. Plus, not to mention the Jets played that game with Sam Darnold having mono the entire time. So they always seem to play the Bills tough. I think they can win that game. I don't know if they necessarily will. 
San Francisco, which which we can talk about in a little bit, is I think that's uh, non-division games. I think that's the most important game that the Jets have on their schedule is that game against the 49ers in week two. And I think that could really set the stage for this season. That's a game where, where San Francisco is going west to east coast. And historically, the last couple of years, they have not been very good when they did that. They lost to the Baltimore Ravens last year when they had to go west to east coast. I know the Ravens were a hell of a team, so you can kind of maybe write that one off. Well, the or the San Francisco 49ers also played the Washington Redskins when they traveled east coast. And they won that game 9 to nothing. And the Redskins were dreadful last season. So last year they struggled. Two years ago was the last time they really went west to east when they played the NFC East. Uh, and they lost to both the Washington Redskins again, and they lost to the Philadelphia Eagles. Granted, the, the 49ers weren't a very good team that year. Um, but still, that team under Kyle Shanahan has struggled coming to West to East Coast, and it's West to East Coast playing a 1 o'clock game, which makes it even a little bit harder. Colts is the game that I don't think the Jets win. Even if I think they start the season 2-0, and I don't think they beat the Colts. They're just a team that I think that's a letdown game. I don't see the Jets starting the season 3-0, and so... I think they go into Indianapolis. Phillip Rivers has his way. I mean, they've got some good players over there in Indy. I don't think Indy's a playoff team or a, a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're going to be a lot better with Phillip Rivers, and, and Rivers should uh, help ignite that team a little bit better than uh, Jacoby Brissett could. Then it's Denver on Thursday night. The Jets should be able to take care of that game at home. Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals after that. That's a team where I think the Cardinals are a good team. I think they're probably, again, a little bit better than the Jets are. And I think the Jets can win this game, and the one reason for it is that it's going to be the first time that Kyler Murray sees Greg Williams and Greg Williams' defense, assuming Kyler Murray's healthy and everyone's healthy. And, you know, Greg Williams has kind of this unbelievable way of people that don't have experience with him and people that don't have experience playing against his defenses. He drives them freaking crazy. I mean, you saw what he did to Sam Darnold when he was with the Browns in Week 2 his rookie year. I know Kyler Murray's in his second season. He does have a little bit more experience, but he does not have any experience preseason or regular season going up against Greg Williams. So if Williams has all of his bullets in the chamber with with all of his players and they're all healthy, I think he can really, really give that team some, give that team some fits. And and that's one that I could see the Jets winning. And then after that against the Chargers, that's a, that's a mix, man. I I don't know. I can't get a read on what kind of a team LA is going to be because that team every single year is like a hot pick to go to the Super Bowl because everyone's like, oh, they've got Bosa and they've got Ingram and they got Derwin James and they got the weapons on offense with Keenan Allen and they got the running backs and they got this and they got that. And every single year, the Chargers end up like being completely and totally mediocre. And it's been that way for a very, very long time. And I don't know if it was Philip Rivers getting older, that that could very well have been it, that Philip Rivers just started to age a little bit and he didn't age well. And uh, that obviously hurt that team. And that's one of the reasons why they were kind of in that middle portion of the season. Uh, it could also be that those players just aren't as good as people think they are and they just can't put it together um, under Anthony Lynn, their head coach. So I'm kind of curious about that game. It's going to be tough for the Jets going east to west. But again, if the Chargers have already turned to Justin Herbert, that's, again, a rookie quarterback that Greg Williams is going to face. So I think that's a winnable game for that reason because the, the Greg Williams X factor and all. And, you know, that takes you through the first six weeks. So if the Jets are sitting there, I, I know my prediction had like five and one. And when I look back and I was like, eh, I don't think the Jets are going to start season five and one. But uh, if it does shake out that way, as long as they're five and one, four and two, uh, that's going to be a chunk of momentum, man. Because the thing to remember about the Jets is that they have had – so many losing seasons in a row, so many bad starts in a row, so many years where it just hasn't worked outside of that one 2015 season with Fitz and Co. That if they start this season one and three, if they start this season oh and three, oh and two, 
you're going to have these young core group of players in the locker room basically just get into the mindset of here we go again. That this is, okay, well, I guess it's not happening this year. And then it's really just going to spiral out of control. And the Jets can't have that happen. They have to have this be a a season that, that shows that maybe it's not Super Bowl, but they have to have a season that shows that they are different this year. That it is a different season for the Jets this year. That they're going to be a different team and that they have turned this corner and the way that they can do that is by starting this season hot. And then if they can start the season like that, 4-2, and two, they can play 500 ball the rest of the year, and they'll still probably make the playoffs thanks to that extra wild card spot. Yeah, and that's when it gets tricky is after those first six games. Yeah. Then you hit this tough stretch. Now, if they beat the Bills in that first game, it takes a little pressure off when the Bills come to New York. But if they lose that game up in Buffalo – then this week seven game against the Bills becomes almost a must win, I think. So it's versus the Bills at home. Then they go to Kansas City. They're not going to win that one. Then it's hosting the Patriots on a Monday night game. And then you're going to have all the talk about seeing ghosts and all that stuff. At least yeah. it's in New York. But that one will be interesting. And then going into the bye week, you go to Miami to play the Dolphins. So those four games, I mean, I, I think if if they survive that stretch one and three, that's okay. If they go two and two, that's probably great. Yeah, I I completely agree. And again, that Patriot game is what makes everything so weird. It's the one that you can't get a read on because I look at Jared Stidham and I he's not Tom Brady. And the fact that they don't really have anything behind him. Sorry, for the last like 10 minutes, I've been trying to get a post up on Instagram of like the watch now of like the fact that we're doing this live. And then, like, <laughs> having to, I, I can't multitask for anything. So trying to do that while I'm talking has been like, all right, Tim, all right, you're going to get this one. Now I can see if I can get a couple more things. And I had like the swipe up graphic ready, but it was white with a white background. So I tried to post that and it totally like bled out. So I was like, oh my gosh, it's awful. But I finally was able to get that thing up. So now we're, we're rocking and rolling. So now people on Instagram will know we're doing this as well, aside from just Twitter. But yeah, that's that that stretch there, man. Because I don't the the October twenty fifth one against the Bills at home. I, I don't think the Jets are going to sweep the Bills this year. I think a best case scenario, they're looking at a split of that series. So if they win the opener and then they lose that one, or they lose the opener and then they win that one, the next few games is going to be a tell. I think that's going to be a tell. And if this team's like eight or nine wins, or if there's a shot in hell that the Jets can get to ten eleven. It's going to be that three-game stretch. I don't think they can beat the Chiefs at all. I just think that Andy Reid is too good of a coach. That's too good of a team, and you're on the road. Whether there's fans or no fans, I mean, I just don't think the Jets match up well with the Chiefs. And, and I mean, you can go all the way down the X's and O's of it in terms of, like, the most basic form of that is that the, t- the Chiefs are a fast team. That is a freaking fast team. And I don't see the Jets on defense – with their players matching up with that speed at all. I just don't, I don't see it there. I don't see any speed from the Jets to be able to contain or slow that defense whatsoever. Then, like you said, you got the Patriots, which that game just looks different, man. I looked it up. Since 2002, the Jets are 20, or the, the Tom Brady was 23-7 and seven against the Jets, and he won 16 divisional titles in that span. This was a rivalry only from the sense of the Jets thought this was a rivalry. This was not like, this was no rivalry for the Patriots. This was just like looking at the schedule and being, okay, that's a win, that's a win, and then moving on. The Jets were the ones that were like, oh, we want to take down the Patriots. The Patriots didn't care, man. Aside from like, occasionally the little brother like flicking them like that was that was all this was this the, uh, was n- the hammer and nail rivalry right the- <laughs> Exa- exactly yeah like the the nail doesn't win that battle and the jets did not win too many of these 
Um, and, and I just, I, I, it just feels like it's different now. And, and it's, you, you're never going to count out the Patriots. You can't because the football gods always seem to just throw them a bone and it always just works. Like watch Jarrett Stidham's going to be like this freaking stud that just lights the world on fire. And, and the Patriots can win 13 games again. And everyone's gonna be like, Oh, that's why they let Barry go. But looking at this from the outside, they are a different team. I mean, the offense doesn't have the weapons that they've been known to have in the past. The defense is still very, very good. Bill Belichick is still the best coach that's ever lived. Josh McDaniels is still a hell of an offensive coordinator. They still have Julian Edelman, but like, who are their receivers? You know, I mean, who's who's really leading the running back room? I mean, there's a reason Tom Brady left the Patriots. He left the Patriots because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have more talent than the Patriots have. He realized that and he said, I have a better chance to win with Tampa Bay than I do with uh, with the New England Patriots here. So he left and he went and he went to Tampa Bay. And I think that's a tell of the current state of the Patriots. Now, again, things always seem to work out for him. You never want to rule him out. But. I think it's pretty clear they're not going to be the same team this year that they were last. So that's probably that can be a win for the Jets. And then after that is when you go down to like the two games against Miami. And those are the ones that always kind of make me feel a little weird about it because it's the Adam Gase connection. And for whatever reason, I just I don't know. I mean, Gase wants those games so damn bad. I don't know if he's usually going to get those games all the time because it's one of those things. Sorry, now I'm getting a live phone call from my dad while we're recording, so I'm all over the place here. <laughs> um, I think that this is one of those things where, where that stretch, I don't know if it's going to be a huge tell for the rest of the like, I don't think it's going to make or break the Jets' year, um, but it will set the stage for what kind of a third, the final quarter of the season the Jets can have. I mean, it's going to set the stage for what they've got there the final four weeks. Because if they lose to the Bills, lose to the Chiefs, lose to the Patriots, split the Dolphins, you're looking at one win in four games, right? One, two, three, four. One win in four games, and one a one and four stretch after a four and two, five and four and two, four, uh, five and one start. That'll get people starting to say, "Wait, what kind of team this is?" And then suddenly you've got to steal. You have to steal some games here the final half of the year, uh, final quarter of the year, if if you're going to want to uh, make the playoffs. Some weird scheduling things here. You have at Miami, then the bye week for both teams, and then at home against Miami. So they're just going to see a whole lot of Miami. Hopefully they don't spend any time during the bye week together with, with those Dolphins players if uh, if we yeah. can all move around the country again by then. Um, but at Miami, bye week, then Miami again. That's strange. And then you have the West Coast, what could be and I think should be a West Coast trip. They host the Raiders, which should be a win, but then it's at Seattle and then at the Rams and I can't imagine that they come back to New York between those games, right, Connor? And you have to be hoping that they do the same. Do you get to stay out there? Do you get to, you know, take the yes. West Coast Highway, drive down from mm-hmm. Seattle to L.A. for the week, enjoy Absolutely, yourself? Man. And I am pushing for that. I am pushing. <laughs> I already t- I texted uh, somebody that I know over there at the uh, – I know somebody I know in the Jets front office, and I actually messaged them uh, yesterday and uh, another person on their staff as well. And I, uh, I reached out and I said, you know – in 2017, the Philadelphia Eagles played the Seattle Seahawks, followed by the L.A. Rams. And the Philadelphia Eagles decided, Doug Peterson, Joe Douglas was on that staff. Those guys, they decided that it was going to be better off for them to play the Seattle Seahawks, then fly to L.A., and then stay the week in L.A., practice at the uh, Anaheim Angels, the Angels of uh, Stadium of the Angels or whatever that stadium's called um, in Anaheim, practice there, then play the Rams on Sunday. Like they thought that's what it was worth. 
And I was like, okay. I was like, huh. And so I said, I was like, you know, not only did the Eagles, the Eagles lost to the Seahawks, because the Eagles tend to always lose to the Seahawks, but not only did they lose to the Seahawks, they then came back and beat the Rams. I was like, but here's the thing. The Eagles won the Super Bowl that year. And I'm pretty sure that I've run into Doug Peterson before. And he said the only reason that they won the Super Bowl that year was because they stayed out West. So I told, I said, I was like, you goddamn better stay the whole freaking week out there in the West, man. And, and maybe that is a little bit of me just wanting to have a whole week myself in Newport Beach in the middle of December to be able to like sun myself and play some golf and all that stuff. That might be a little bit of me. Uh, but no, I, I absolutely think it's look, it's it's the right call. Uh, uh, X's and O's wise in terms of football, because if you think about it. The Jets would basically be playing Seattle on a Sunday, flying all the way back to the East Coast, then having to fly all the way back to the West Coast. Aside from that much time on an airplane, just not, I mean, that's six hours there, six hours back. I mean, that's basically 24 hours on an airplane. You don't want to do that in general. Uh, you're also going to lose a lot of game plan time because you're losing so much time with the time difference going west to east, east to west, that it's just, it's not, it's not conducive to having success. So that's something that I would be. If the season starts on time, if there are fans in the stadium, all that blah, 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 all that stuff that needs to, to fall in place. Um, I would be very surprised if this was not a situation where the Jets stay out west just because of the fact that aside from what I personally want, which is to have, like I said, a week in Newport Beach, um, I think that it just makes too much sense for the team. That it's just one of those things where this team wants um, will, will want to maximize their time as much as they possibly can, and they can do it by doing that. They can do it by staying out west. And that brings you to the last two games, which is at home versus the Browns, which feels like it's going to definitely be a game they need to win. Um, and then week 16 in Foxborough, of course, this is the way it lays out for the Jets. There's, I mean, I would imagine that the Jets will not have a playoff berth wrapped up before this game. It's going to come down to week 16 at New England. Who knows what situation the Patriots are in. If things go off the rails, maybe at that point they're tanking for Trevor, for all we know. I can't imagine Bill Belichick <laughs> yeah. doing that. But even if they are, Belichick will try to beat the Jets. Um, yeah. So it's at New England, and you would think, Connor, there's probably going to be a playoff berth on the line. That game is just going to be so big. Even if the Patriots have a disappointing year, and are like six and oh, nine at that point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's still huge for Jets fans because it's it's slaying the beast. Yeah, just, and to play spoiler, right? Just to play spoiler against the Jets. I think that would be the most intriguing thing is for the Patriots. Is that yeah? All right, the season didn't go as you wanted. You still need to find your quarterback. You now know Stidham's not the answer, so you're going to find your guy. Whether it's trading up for Lawrence or something like that, but. I think it's it, it'll be just fun for them to be like, hey, you know what? We still are the thorn in the Jets' side. The Jets still can't get over us even when we don't have the quarterback. But that that one is – when I looked at this one, I saw the Week 17 one against the Patriots was actually away is when I was like, ooh, that's going to be intriguing. <laughs> Aside from the fact yeah. that like that just kind of sucks for travel-wise. Like I don't really want to be driving home from New England that, that early for baggy day again. That would stink. Um, but I, I think that that being on the road is one where it's like just the, the la like this schedule, like I said, this schedule's tough. This schedule is long in terms of like flying and, and distance traveled and stuff like that. But the last like just slap in the face, like for the schedule makers to give the Jets, aside from the teams they got to play and how far they got to go is being like, oh yeah, by the way, you're ending the season in Foxborough. It's like, <laughs> it's not like it's, you get like, all right, fine. You want to end on a divisional game. 
I get why they don't want to do the Dolphins because, you know, Jets-Patriots is a bigger battle than it would be Jets-Dolphins or Jets-Bills. Like, there's more – like, it's sexier. Like, it's a sexier <laughs> game. But I think that just the the fact that they were like, yeah, you know what? We're not going to give you the home game against the Patriots. We're going to make you travel to Foxborough to potentially clinch, like, your playoff spot. I think that's just – that's just insane. I'm, I'm the cra- Like, I, I remember d- the Jets having to do it. There was only one other season since I've been on the beat in 2014 where the Jets went in – um, went into the final stretch or went into the final week with a playoff opportunity. It was 2015 and it was against the Bills. And it was actually a similar situation where the, pay, the, the Bills had nothing to play for. They were like incredibly banged up. Rex Ryan was the coach though still. Uh, there was nothing going right in Buffalo. They didn't have anything to play for. And it was the Jets playing for everything. And all they had to do was beat the lowly Bills and they could get into the playoffs. And I, the crazy thing about that is that I remember looking at that playoff schedule ahead of time and being like, holy crap, like if the Jets actually get in, and I know this is probably like people are going to be like, please stop bringing this up. But if the, <laughs> if the Jets got into that playoffs, they had a chance to like make some some noise. Because if I'm not mistaken, the first round of the playoffs, they would have faced in the wild card round, they would have faced the, the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Cincinnati Bengals had lost Andy Dalton for the game for like a significant period of time with an injury. I think it was like a thumb injury or wrist injury. It was when he had hurt his arm, and he didn't play that game. So the Jets would have played the Cincinnati Bengals without Andy Dalton. Like I don't even know who their backup quarterback was. Then they would have had the rematch with the Patriots. But the Jets had already beaten the Patriots once that season and played them close. They they were a Brandon Marshall drop in the beginning portion of the seasons away from beating the Patriots in Foxborough that season. So you had a game against the, the Bengals and their backup. Then you have the Patriots who you've already beaten once and played really close the second time. And I mean, against when it's a divisional game like that, it's a, it's a toss up in the air. You have no idea what's going to happen. And that was just like the, for them to go into the bills with all of that, or to go into that game with the bills with all of that on their mind and then just, just blow it. I mean, Fitz was terrible that game and it was terrible weather. And then like all of us had pretty much like flights booked home. Because it was like, oh, we're, we're going home like the next day after the Jets beat the Bills. We have Monday. All of a sudden, like fourth quarter, it becomes pretty obvious that the Bills are not win or the Jets are not going to win this game. And everyone's like trying to cancel their flights or get home in time for baggy day. I was like, all right, I guess we're driving home now. People are getting like halfway hotels. It was insane. Um, just to, and then having to drive through a blizzard that same night wasn't too wasn't too enjoyable either. But uh, to that, that's the kind of what that whole scene and scenario instantly flashed back to my mind. Um, when I saw this, like at on the road in New England, week seventeen, potentially with the playoffs on the line for a wild card spot, that was just like, man, that is, that is, that is one last slap in the face. But I will tell you what, if the Jets can get through this schedule with nine wins, uh, if they can get through with ten wins, that's a hell of a season. But if they can get through nine, eight, get into the playoffs, they will be battle tested enough to to make some noise in in the postseason. And and once you get to the playoffs, man, it's it's one game. It's one game. You need a one ball to bounce your way, and it can completely flip a game on its head. And and you never know what could happen. You're getting killed in the chat for yes. bringing up that game. By the yeah, way, nobody wants to hear yeah. about Fitz's Sal, meltdown. Sal says, "Shut up, Connor." <laughs> and yep, yeah. Ohm says, "I <laughs> smashed my remote that game." So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. They were, they, yeah, that that game was one where I, I like even the whole time I was like, and the Jets too. The Jets couldn't believe it. Like every like they, I mean, Revis said it years later. Actually, I think it was last year or two years ago. He went on an interview. Uh, he came out with a book, I think, or no, you know what he was doing? Um, he was doing a, a gambling site like as a sponsor, and um, he was doing a bunch of interviews. It's actually a little funny story. Uh, he was doing a bunch of interviews with 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 media to like build. So basically, like you can do an interview with Darrell Revis, and at the end, say, "Do you want to plug anything?" And then you, they'll he'll like plug whatever he wants to plug. It's like a little, 
like pull the curtain back on on the media a little bit for like what you guys like a lot of players do that. like they run book they want to do publicity you'll get an email randomly from like a pr person that says like hey Darrell Revis is doing this if you want to do an interview with him let's set it up so I saw it and I remember I reached out to Chris my editor I was like hey man I was like I just got this thing from Revis I was like we haven't talked to him since he kind of retired maybe it's a good like checkup like what are you doing now we can talk a little bit about his time with the Jets all this stuff you know just kind of like a good off-season story so I was like, all right, sweet. Like, and Chris was like, yeah, good idea. So I emailed the PR person back. I'm like, yeah, I'd love to do it. She goes, okay, cool. I'll email you early next week and we'll set it up. Like Monday, we'll set up the interview. So I was like, okay, cool. Well, I got the same email that like 30 other media outlets did, including WFAN Sports Radio in New York. And so Darrell Revis went on with, with Joe and Evan and uh, did an interview with them, like you know, promoting his thing, but then also talking about the Jets and his career. And he just... I mean, he ripped the sheets off the bed on, like, that 2015 <laughs> season. He came out and said, like, oh, yeah, we went into that game thinking we already had it won. And I remember, like, Joe on, like, uh, Joe and it was just losing his mind. Like, oh, my God, like, just going crazy over it. Because he's like, and Revis is just like, oh, yeah, we went into that game thinking we won. I mean, we were we were so cocky and full of ourselves. We thought it was over. We knew this. We knew that. Oh, yeah, this guy was, like, just totally, like, like just, I mean, just open book it was glorious i was actually on my way to the mall like i think i had to buy like a a t-shirt like a dress shirt or something like that for tv or like something like random and i was like in the car and revis is on and i'm listening to him go and i was like i'm staying in my car for a bit to listen to this one finish out because he was just like going off the like just going crazy just divulging all of this stuff so i'm like man I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to ask him on Monday. I mean, I guess I'll just kind of follow up with this. Like, hey, you said this. Can you tell me too so I can just write the story myself? <laughs> and uh, so sure enough, like Monday comes around when I'm supposed to hear from the PR person. And I get an email in my inbox and it was like, uh, uh, Mr. Hughes, I would just like to uh, you know, thank you for your interest in doing a story on Darrell. But unfortunately, we're going to have to postpone this interview until a later <laughs> date. Darrell is not going to be doing any interviews lately. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. I wonder why that happened. It was insane. I was like, oh, my God. All right, we got some questions. <laughs> we have some questions in the chat, Marissa. What do we got? Um, so Sal thinks they're going to go eight and eight, and Mason says, "Is the later bye week more beneficial than the week four bye week?" Uh, yes, it is. It, it the the earlier the only reason the Jets like that earlier bye week. Yeah, that's that's probably that that later bye week is the one favor people the, the schedule makers gave the Jets. Um, but the only reason I won early bye week was. Uh, helpful for the Jets was because it gave him an extra week to heal Sam Darnold. And instead of missing him for six or seven games, they only missed him, I think, for three, right? Is how many total games he ended up missing because he played one with Mono and then missed uh, missed three more. So that actually helped the Jets quite a bit. Coaches and stuff like it later in the season because it gives you later on is usually when your guys start getting beat up and banged up. And even if they're not missing games, they're bruised and battered and they're 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 hurting, basically. They're, I mean, they're they're in pain and that later bye week allows them a chance to rest their guys and rejuvenate their guys and get them ready to go again. And having it later in the season kind of gives you like that refresher to then make a playoff run. Because if you think about it, like imagine this is the best way to, 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 to look at it. If you have a week four bye and then you go on to make the playoffs and you want to make a Super Bowl run, you're basically, if you don't win your division and you're not, and especially in today's NFL, you're not the number one seed you're going to have to be playing from week five all the way through. You, you would not get a break from week five until the week before the Super Bowl. You would be playing every single week, week five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, then wild card, then divisional, then conference, then you get your break. 
that would be like that's just a grueling stretch for any I mean there's no breather you're just every single week it is a grind so having it later in the season allows you to get training camp that chunk of games then get a little week-long breather kind of collect yourself and then hit the ground running again so so yeah that that middle that middle later bye week is huge for the Jets and they like that so much more than week four unless of course Sam Darnold gets some kind of random insane illness that no one thinks he would get and needs to miss time early in the season again which he never rule out <laughs> not with the Jets <laughs> One more, Marissa. All right, Connor. I can't believe we've gone, I don't even know how long, and not talked about what stadium you were looking forward to visiting the most for the Press Box Food Power Rankings. And this is from Taslam, loyal listener. So I just had to throw that in there. Yeah, easy. (laughs) Um, uh, Seattle. Seattle is absolutely the stadium I cannot wait for. In fact, when I... The year before I got on the beat was the year where the Jets had like all of these absurdly great road trips. Like they had Dallas, which I've never been to, which I hear their Press Box is awesome and the food's great and... Uh, there was the other ones like um, uh, uh, they went to London that year, and I missed the London trip too because I wasn't traveling on the beat yet. I was still like part time, so uh, that that was like the one schedule. And they also had Seattle that year, if I'm not mistaken. So I've like kind of had this schedule or this game circled for quite some time to finally be able to go to that stadium. And it's more not even for the food. Like, I've been out to Seattle before. Uh, one of my best friends in high school, who I'm going to name drop just because I don't know if they're related to Marissa. And we can give you the background on that story. <laughs> sure they never, are. You never know anymore. I swear <laughs> to God. Like, so my, my, my best friends from high school, I'm, I'm uh, the, the, the godfather of his son, Rodney Konzelman. Uh, when we graduated, he went into the military. And um, when he went into the military, it was when... Um, uh, he's got stationed out in Whidbey Island in, in Washington state. So, um, my now fiance and I flew out there, uh, cause she's really good friends with his wife. And we, um, we, we spent the, a couple days in Seattle. We did, uh, whatever that, that national park is over there. And then we went up to Whidbey Island and spent a couple days with him to finally see him. Cause you know, when they're in the military, he only came back to the East coast, like once a year, like that was it. So I was like, we went from hanging out every other day to, I got to see him once a year. Uh, so we got a chance to go spend a week out with him. But I remember like touring Seattle and kind of seeing the stadium from afar and, and being like, man, I want to, I want, I want to cover a game there. And even being a football fan growing up, like I've said, I was a diehard football fan growing up, uh, you know, repeated, like not with the jets, but I was still a diehard football fan. Seattle was always one of those ones that like, you just wanted to hear it. You wanted to hear the 12th man. You wanted to hear how the stadium's designed to throw the audio back down on the field. Like you want to experience that. And that's one on this slate that like, I know the LA trips will be fun and, and I'm looking forward to being in Los Angeles for the first time, but to be like, I want to cover a game in Seattle. I think that would be so much fun. And just the reason I, I name dropped that is that uh, earlier last year, we did a Patriots podcast or we did like, I came on the Patriots podcast. Marissa hooked it up. We're like our athletic Patriots guys. And then me, we, we did like a joint podcast before the Jets Patriots game before the seeing ghost game. And uh, I, the host was he? he's like a Matt. Morristown. Yeah, Matt he's like he played yes. for the the Patriots and then he played a little bit for the Jets. Okay, so he's like, well, he's before my time, but he lived. He was talking to me. He goes like towards the end of the podcast. He goes, um, you know, I used to live in in Morris County. I don't know if you're familiar with it or something like that. I was like, oh, I actually lived there. Like I I went to Monmouth University. When I graduated Monmouth University, I I lived for two years in Morristown before my fiance and I moved out moved out here in Princeton. And I was like, yeah, I was like, uh. Yeah, I moved out to uh, to to. I was like, yeah, after I graduated, I moved to Morristown with uh, actually two of my college roommates, Brendan Tyrell and Andrew Galicki. And uh, I said it, and like I kind of like I just kind of throw it, and kind of went on like I didn't even think about it. It's just like, oh yeah, Brendan Tyrell, Andrew Galicki. And then all of a sudden, we end the podcast. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm gonna go. And I hear Marissa in the corner, like, wait, don't hang, don't hang up yet, don't hang up yet. And I was like, what the hell are you talking? I was like, what? I was like, what? Did I do something like that? Did I, did I say something? She goes, 
Andrew's my second cousin. And I was like, what? I was like, you got to be kidding me. So that was like every time now I, I think of like a name, I'm like, oh, I don't have to say that name. I'm like, no, you know, I'm going to say it now because they might be like related to Marissa's like ridiculously <laughs> large extended family. That's like, you know, Jersey like, for you, right? Everyone in Jersey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say uh, Andrew Galicki's my second cousin. I was like, what? And that's why I, I texted him afterwards because he's going to be one of my groomsmen. So I texted him afterwards. I was like, dude, I was like, by any chance, I was like, you're related to Marissa Morris? I was like, I don't think she's lying. But like, he goes, yeah, yeah, I'm related to Marissa Morris. I was like, he goes, how the hell do you know Marissa Morris? I was like, she's my podcast producer. I was like, that's a small world. He goes, yeah, he goes, yeah. She's like, you're on like his mom's side or something like that? My mom and his mom are first cousins, so. Got you, okay. Yes. Got you. Our grandfathers are brothers. Got you, okay. Yeah, because I was like, oh man, that's amazing. That's crazy. (laughs) So Seattle, December 13th, let's hope that the full fan effect is, is going by then and everybody can yeah, get back to NFL bubble, games. And, yeah, and Connor You might not experience. get that loud uh, 12-man yeah. experience. Yeah, not oh, just yeah, the right, noise be and no the man. food. There'll, there'll be 12 men total. It'll be like yeah. guys on the field or whatever. Uh, you know what's crazy? Like, looking at the schedule, though, man, it's like – it's it's a it's a trek and it's going to be – it was going to be – this was one that, like, literally I was – I remember I was talking to Bree about it and I was like, you know – we're, like, we're getting married in 2021, and I was like, you know, we might not have to pay for our, like, flights when we go on our honeymoon. I was like, because I already have my frequent flyer miles, and now we got two L.A. trips, Seattle, Miami. I was like, I'm going to be – like, the frequent flyer miles are going to be kicking in pretty good on this the one. The airlines are going to be make... paying people to fly, too. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. That's what I was thinking. I was like, that might... then, yeah, Corona came in, and that's when I was like, oh, maybe that'll be actually better for the other – like, for traveling-wise for the other reason. That's why I was like, all right, that's kind of crazy, but – they're um like it's looking at this one man it's like if this actually goes through like if this pandemic ends and this pandemic like gets back to some kind of semblance of normalcy um it's gonna be pretty uh it's gonna be pretty a, a ridiculous trip like honestly i like i look forward to it because the like, the coolest part about being a beat writer and people ask me this all the time like the the coolest part about it is you have the opportunity to just go see places you've never seen before. So like when I started, I didn't travel that much when I was a kid. So it wasn't like I had the opportunity to go to like, um, you know, like we, I went to like Jamaica once on a family vacation and everyone went to Disney world. And like, we visited my cousins in South Carolina, but that was pretty much it. Like we didn't like travel the country. So when I started on the beat, suddenly I was going to like Miami for the first time in Arizona for the first time and like all this crazy stuff. And this is one of those schedules, like looking at it, you circle, cause you're like, this one's going to be fun. Cause you got like the two LA, Kansas City and the barbecue is one of my favorite trips every single year because aside from that downtown being low-key a lot of fun, the food scene is just dynamite. Like, you have never had barbecue like Kansas City barbecue. Like, I haven't had Texas yet, but I've had South Carolina, the North Carolina, all this other stuff. Uh, Kansas City is still my favorite. Like, Q39 is – and Oklahoma Joe's is just, like, out of this world. Jack and then Stacks, you got that. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And you got, like, Seattle. The food scene in Seattle is awesome as well. And then you got like the two LA trips, which I've heard like I've heard I've heard up and down things about LA. Like I've heard that both LA is like cool, you got to be there, and I've also heard that LA like is not fun and it's incredibly overrated and it's like so packed and traffic sucks and it's like why am I here? Like you're just gonna be miserable the entire time. So I've heard that about it as well. But you know this, this schedule was like a an Arizona or Denver road trip away from just being out of this world dynamite. And uh, <laughs> actually, it could have been really good if that uh, Colts game week three was actually. Uh, um, in Indianapolis, if it was something else, like because that that had a chance to be like a Nashville trip. So this one's like two LA's, Seattle, and a Nashville and Kansas City. That would have been like out of this world, awesome. And then of course, like Corona come, uh, this coronavirus broke out, and now it's like who knows if you're gonna travel. That's like that, that's a weird. Thing. I was actually talking to my fiance about that. I was like, man, what's wild is like they have like you can go online and look, and you can see all the future schedules 
for your the team that you like or the team you cover going forward like four or five years and you can see all of the teams they're going to play and then the two that are division um uh broken up very like this is going to be same place finisher you know that one you obviously don't know but you know all of the other divisions so I'm not kidding you when I say that this season, like the 2019, 2020 season, has been something that me, uh, Andy Vasquez, Daryl Slater, Andy works for the record, uh, Andy or Andy works for the record, Daryl works for the ledger. All of us have been like talking about this schedule since the 2016 season. Like since we saw it, we have been talking about, dude, in 2020, if we're all still employed, look at what this is going to be. Like if we're still here, if we're employed, if we're still covering the Jets, look at where we're going to be going. And it's like, we've been talking about it for four, like literally four years now to get to the point. Now be looking at it and being like, I don't even know if we're going to be traveling for it. Like, I don't even know if it's actually going to happen. It's, it's, it's wild and crazy, man. It's the great. only thing that would make it better is if that Vegas game was was on the road and not home. But but LA oh, yeah. also the new the brand new shiny stadium this year too. So you yeah, get that. that'll be a good one to see. I mean that's going to be a wild one, man. That's gonna be a wild one because I'm trying to cross off like the the goal is like I have those uh, panoramas back there of um, of two Super Bowls that that I remember like first couple of Super Bowls I watched like my favorite pictures. I want to get one. Uh, actually, a friend of mine uh, that kind of same idea, and then a friend of mine is a big concert guy who actually works in radio. Big uh, big fish fan. Um, uh, endless boundaries is his radio show it's it's really good if you're into like jam band stuff i'm not but if you're into jam band stuff it's it's the go-to um he has like of every concert he's ever been to he takes his um he takes the ticket stub and he puts it in a picture frame and then has it on his wall and he used to have it in the office when we worked together at z88.9 and i remember going and looking at it with him and being like man that is cool like that is like is it's like stuff from like he's an older guy so there's stuff from like the 80s and like the 70s like there's like a ton of awesome tickets up there and I was like, you know, when I started covering the NFL, I was like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to like have that with a credential, like every mm-hmm. a credential from every stadium. And I'm closing in on it, man. I got to make it to like 2022. And I think that'll be like the full eight years on a beat. And uh, once I get to that full eight years, that's when I'll have uh, I'll have every every credential knocked off and I could do the same thing. So that's like I got uh, little, like, when I was at Major League Baseball, I got 24 ballparks wow. down. So I did pretty good over the course. Well, of that's like, not bad. Yeah. Eight years. So I'm getting there on that's the baseball bad. side. Not even close for football, but um, yeah. <laughs> I think that should do (laughs) and they they don't have me covering games here at the athletics. So um, that should do it though. Good wrap of the schedule and we'll see how it all plays out. But, but you predicted nine and seven Connor. I think Mm -hmm. that's, I think that's fair. I don't, I don't see 10 wins on that schedule. I think nine will get him in the playoffs. Who knows with the expanded playoffs, if eight eight wins might do it. Right. Um, so we'll certainly see. Thanks for tuning in on YouTube if you've done that. And you can obviously save 40% off a subscription to The Athletic. If you don't already have one, go to theathletic.com slash can't wait. Thanks for uh, tuning in, and we'll catch up with you again next time there's news around this New York Jets team.